This episode of Lawyers Tell All is brought to you by Law Firm Conversions. If your law firm's phone is ringing, that only means your marketing is successful. It's what happens when the phone is answered that will drive your success or failure. Visit www.intakeacademy.com and claim your free copy of Chris Mullen's groundbreaking book for lawyers and law firms that gets every call converting to become a profitable client, showing you the steps you need to take to ensure the right person is answering the phone and answering it correctly. Welcome to the Lawyers Tell All podcast, where Chris Mullins, the preeminent sales and communications consultant in the legal industry, shows you how it looks through lawyers' eyes. Here, innovators in the trenches provide powerful insights that help you connect with new clients, handle the sometimes harsh realities of the legal profession, and embrace the mindsets needed to succeed. Be sure to visit our website at www.lawyerstellall.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, lean in, tune in, and let's take a deep dive. everyone. It's Chris Mullins with Lawyers Tell All. And today I am interviewing attorney Alyssa Devine. How are you, Alyssa? Good. How are you? I am super. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you for having me today. So my name is Alyssa Devine and I'm founder of Purple Fox Legal. So it is a law firm that I created during the pandemic that focuses uh, on helping uh, small business owners and creatives with, you know, the intellectual property that they have, uh, as well as, you know, the business side of things. So a lot of contract drafting um, and compliance issues Mm -hmm. Um, and basically just focusing on educating people about those types of things, why it's important, um, the potential consequences of not taking care of those things. Mm -hmm. um, In addition to sort of adding, adding value for, for people. Mm -hmm. So, is your law firm like a, um, it's a business, you you work with businesses, like a business law firm, or is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I practice business and intellectual property law, and more so on the small business and, and uh, creative side. So I'm, I'm based in Nashville, Tennessee. So of course, there's the music industry there, yeah. as well as other types of sort of creatives. Uh, but that's, that's kind of where my focus is. Okay, so when you say when you say creatives, uh, you're, do you mean that um, those that's your clientele? Correct. Okay, got Correct. it. So there's there's some. Well, I consider entrepreneurs to be creative. So you have to be very creative in how you run a business, especially in a post-pandemic world with you know finite resources that entrepreneurs have or typically have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also sort of the more traditional types of creatives, so musicians and actors and influencers and and things like that as well. Okay. So what's your perfect client? Uh, my perfect client is probably going to be somebody who is, you know, very passionate about what they do, which really is most entrepreneurs, but also somebody who's willing to try new things and grow. Uh, I think that's really important for an entrepreneur. Uh, and, you know, something I think I struggle with, you know, myself a little bit because of my uh, legal education and sort of, uh, low risk tolerance, I'll say, but I think it's really important to try new things so that you can experiment and grow 
uh, with your business. And part of that is, okay, well, how do we use, you know, really old law uh, and apply it in new ways so that we can continue, you know, evolving how we do things, but also at the same time, you know, of course, staying legally compliant and reducing risk. So that's that's the challenge that I have and that uh, I, you know, work with clients to resolve. Yeah. So can you give an example of um, taking old law and using it in new ways? Uh, I think right now that that conversation, a lot of that conversation is around uh, artificial intelligence. So mm-hmm. how do we how do we use really old law, like, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 20 years or older uh, in this context? And it's it's challenging. It is challenging. And we don't have a lot of guidance for this, but. There are, you know, there's some arguments kind of on both sides of things, but we have, you know, a really big class action lawsuit in uh, California with against OpenAI, uh, which used a lot of different authors, you know, content to, you know, train train its AI program. Um, and that case is still ongoing. So, again, we don't have a lot of guidance, but that the judge in that case did sort of narrow those some of those claims and held that the output Mm-hmm. that the artificial intelligence creates is not a derivative work of uh, the, you know, of, of, of the author's, you know, books and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we do have, you know, an answer for at least, you know, a very, very small part, part of that, but um, it it is challenging. It is challenging. So that's, you know, that's something that we're having those kind of conversations with, uh, you know, my clients and, People in the industry are having those kind of conversations. Like, what what do we do about this? And we also see things like the the no the no fakes act. It's a that Congress recently proposed uh, to create a federal right of publicity uh, bill and state based the 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 image likeness, voice signature, things like that. It's really, it's not just saying name image likeness. It's really any kind of unequivocal uh, identifying feature. Um, but that's kind of, and that, again, also plays a part in this sort of AI conversation because we have a lot of these like deep fakes and things like that. We um, saw, a couple, I think maybe a month or so ago, we had a kind of an ad that looked like Tom Pink's, sounded like Tom Pink's. Uh, but it was not Tom Hanks, and yeah. uh, he he let people know that. Uh, and I believe there there's actually an ongoing lawsuit with with Scarlett Johansson involving a similar situation. So we're 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 seeing a lot of technology, which you know of course has a lot of benefits and stuff. But how do we how do we how do we sort of reconcile these benefits with sort of the the limitations that that need to be put in place so that we can protect individuals' property? That's mm-hmm. kind of the the overarching question here with in terms of all these all this new technology applying the old law with the new technology yeah. and that's uh we're it's it's a work in progress for sure how do you i'm curious how do you see ai affecting um law firms in general i think that ai uh has has a lot of benefits that there's there's really no doubt about that i think that lawyers are in general kind of as a whole are very, you know, traditional um, and kind of, you know, sometimes even stuck in their ways. So there's been a lot of resistance, I think, as an industry uh, to to using AI in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I think that's a mistake. 
But then I also think it's, you know, equally a mistake not to learn about these types of technologies because then we see things like um, the, there was a disciplinary uh, case in New York where an attorney uh, used AI to draft a motion and they, you know, came up with a bunch of fake cases. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, mm. you know, that's, uh, it's definitely not what we need to be doing either. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, and the, the attorney said, oh, well, I didn't know that, you know, AI could do that. Create fake, create fake, create fake cases. Mm-hmm. Well, like that's part of the responsibility of an attorney. You have to know how these technologies work. You don't have to be an expert, but you have to know, okay, well, you know, where, where's this tool getting its data from? And, you know, what are the potential flaws um, mm-hmm. of, of, you know, the output you'll receive? So, you know, things like that, I think, are really, really important. So, um, and in terms of AI, you, specifically for, you know, use of, of law firms, I think it's really important to use some sort of closed universe. So, you know, you have like Lexis and Westlaw. Well, those types of, it, they have the different AI features, right? But mm. those AI features are drawing data from, from cases, a closed uniform yeah. universe. It's not just from anywhere from the internet. It's it's specific, it's credible documents and resources, I'll say. Well, I mean, AI can, I know that um, it can be used in law firms. And I think if it can be used in law firms, it can be used anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you can just take what we're saying and kind mm-hmm. of transfer it into whatever it is. But um, mm-hmm. using um, AI for intake, and for mm-hmm. customer service and for, you know, uh, drafting client documents. Um, mm-hmm. So, and um, like um, robotic kind of voices handling intake and you're never really talking to a live person. So things like that. But I, I think, I think, I think AI is great. I just, I think as long as it's being used in a way um, that's, you know, on the up and up, so to speak, like it's giving a good experience, mm-hmm. it's doing what it's supposed to do. And we're not like, you know, there's, there's no trying to claim information is yours when it's not really yours and things like that. I mean, with anything, there's going to be bad mm-hmm. apps. They're just, you know, there, there, there will be, but it it will mm-hmm. pass. I don't think it's a forever problem. You know, we're going to go through this and then it'll pass and then there'll be something else, you know, some other kind of brand new thing going on. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we saw this or at least, you know, a similar process, you know, when we had, you know, streaming introduced, well, oh my gosh, streaming, you know, with, and especially, you know, in the music industry that, you know, really made it, you know, big impact, but then, you know, we came up with the Music Modernization Act to kind of address that. Um, so it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a give and take, it's a process where we're having that conversation. There's been a lot of um, you know, there's been a lot of government agencies like the U.S. Copyright Office that have done a lot of different, you know, investigations on, you know, how AI impacts these, you know, these these laws. And, um, you know, we're we're getting there is what I'll say. We're we're getting there. We don't have all the answers, um, but um, we're we're making progress. We're making progress. Yeah. yeah. OK. Um, and. So how long have you had your own firm for now? It's only short time, right? Yes, very short time. So just a little over two years. Yeah, so you you started it in the crazy, crazy time. I did. Yeah, I did, right? Talk about the purple. purple. Okay, yeah, absolutely. 
So I yeah created my law firm during the pandemic, and um, I was just very adamant about practicing business and intellectual property law. That's what I wanted to do, um, and that's you know I was just very adamant that that was uh, the role that I was going to take. And um, at that time, you know there were a lot of well, pretty much all law firms are laying off people with, you know, 10 or more years of experience. So there just really weren't many opportunities for me to pursue. So I kind of had to make my own opportunity by creating, by creating my own law firm. And, you know, during the pandemic, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, physical, inter, you know, physical meeting, in-person meetings or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I recognized that I had to be distinctive online. And I did not want to use my last name. I wanted to create a brand. And I was very intentional about that. Right. So, um, yeah. And I did a lot of different research and kind of kind of exploring different options. And I'm, came look, up with I'm Purple looking away Fox a little Legal. bit. I'm looking away a little bit, everybody, just because I'm looking at your, everybody should get your website and put it up there, uh, purplefoxlegal.com. So if I look away, that's why. Okay, go ahead. That's okay. That that's what a lot of people do. Because they're like, oh well, yeah, I need to I need to see this. But uh, but yeah, so the purple represents wisdom and creativity. You know, very very you know good good qualities and traits of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And then the fox is kind of represents cleverness and getting out of tricky situations, which yeah. you know often attorney helps out with as well. Yeah. So there's there's sort of there's a lot of symbolism there. But you know what it kind of what made me decide on that specific name was you know, a couple of different things. So it's, you know, it's easy to spell, easy to pronounce, have the uh, available domain name, the available social media handles. And it was actually a really strong trademark. You know, it was, um, there, there's a distinctiveness spectrum when it comes to word trademarks. So that was also something I was very cognizant about. Um, and I wanted to sort of practice what I preach. You know, a lot of what I do yeah. is trademark. Yeah. So I wanted to show people I knew what I was talking about, uh, you know, mm-hmm. got a registration, everything like that. So I can, you know, I walk the walk and talk the talk, you know what I mean? So just kind of yeah. telling people that I'm, I'm doing what I'm preaching. Yeah. And so how is business for you? So it was really interesting, I think, because uh, I, you know, I, it was a little slow at first because, you know, the pandemic and stuff, but just within, you know, a couple of months of starting my business and going to some different networking events, I, I actually got like an email, maybe maybe three or four months after I started my business. And it was this marketing company who wanted to do an interview with me for a podcast. And I was just thinking to myself, like, you know, who I was, I was pretty new to the Nashville area. And I was just kind of like, you know, who, who is this? Like, is this real? Is this a real person? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and it was actually somebody who's, you know, pretty well ingrained with, within the, within the female entrepreneurship community in Nashville. And, um, she told me, oh, well, you know, I kept hearing about Purple Fox. And I was like, I just I just needed to meet That's you. Great. I just needed to meet who was behind Purple Fox. And it's just a very distinctive name. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, it is. And even when I go to networking <laughs> events, even now, I, I still have people come up to me and, and They'll be like, you know, I don't, I don't remember your name, but, but you're Purple Fox, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's right. That's awesome. And I'm not, I'm not offended. At, I'm not offended at all. So I'd rather than remember my business name than my name. Um, and I think it's easier for them. Oh, yeah. And that's totally fine by me. So, um, but it's, it's, it's flattering and it's, um, you know, it's kind of just one of those. I mean, I took a really big risk doing that, but it's, it's been very rewarding. That's awesome. So are your glasses purple? 
They are not. They're they're black. Um, okay. You know, purple. A lot of questions. Purple, your favorite color? Well, not, not really. Um, it's more that like marketing psychology symbolism uh, versus anything else. I mean, you could also argue perhaps that uh, my clients get sort of royal the royal treatment for customer service and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, it's really that kind of psychological. Um, you know, connotation that I was really attracted to that I and wanted to use. Um, well, it, and that's a very time. unique color for yeah, lockers it is. too. It's time for purple glasses, a purple purple out, outfit, a purple pocketbook or briefcase, the purple shoes. Let's get going here. <laughs> it's really hard to find purple uh, clothing that's not like a really light lavender, uh, at least that I find. But um, but yeah, some other purple things are a little little easier to find. But yeah, it's it's been it's been a really uh, interesting interesting experience, but but, but rewarding. That's awesome. kind of a blessing in disguise. That's excellent. That's excellent. I love it. So, um, what 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 advice do you have for everyone? I mean, your listeners are predominantly law firms, predominantly attorneys, managing partners, CEOs, um, but of all different kinds of practice areas. Hmm. So, I mean, I think that as as a legal industry as a whole, we're, we're not very good business owners, and that's sort of been statistically shown. There are a lot of different, you know, um, resources. I, I was very intentional about addressing those sorts of, you know, stereotypes and researching things like with the Clio Legal Trends reports and things like that. So, you know, I think it's really important to have systems and processes in place where, you know, you, you are, you know, promptly responding to people whenever they, you know, either reach out by phone or email or anything like that, you know, and even, even if they don't, even if they're reaching out about something that's not really within their practice area, I think it's still important to respond and just say, you know, hey, this is really outside of our practice areas. And, you know, but I, you know, think that you should probably, you know, call your local, you know, bar association, and they could probably recommend somebody, you know, that's, that's, you know, better fit for you, something like that, because, um, Lawyers do have a negative stereotype um, and sort of I think a lot of people think of lawyers as sort of these these sort of, I guess, sort of uh, arrogant beings in the, you know, ivory tower. And that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the perception a lot of people have. And um, while I'm sympathetic to that, I think that that doesn't have it doesn't have to be that way. I think that being, um, you know, a little bit more approachable, personable, um, I think being a little bit more humble is is kind of the way to go. Is kind of the future or should be the future of legal practice um, because you, in order to really help people, you have to be able to communicate with them. They yeah. have to be able, they have to feel comfortable being vulnerable with you um, because if you don't have that information. It's a lot harder to help them, and you know if you get surprised later on by information, you should have had you know several months ago, then that can really put you in a bind um, and you're, you're doing your client a disservice. So I think those sorts of things are really important. Um, but, but I would, I would definitely emphasize that responsiveness um, you, you have to be responsive. Like, even if you don't have the answer right off the bat, which, you know, normally people don't just be like, you know, Hey, I got your email and I'll get back to you. Like yeah. something as simple as that can, 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 change somebody's entire perspective on your firm's customer service. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say that, you know, from a business owner 
perspective, but also as a consumer perspective. Um, you know, if, if, if I get that kind of response from a company, I'm, you know, obviously much more likely to, you know, keep going back to that company versus if I don't get a response at all, or even like a week later, like that's going to, you know, turn me off and that's going to, that's going to incentivize me to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, as much automation as you can do without losing the, um, the experience part of it. So I, I think automation is really important and frequent touching, but you got to integrate some human stuff too, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, that's the only thing that I, yeah, I think it's, yeah, like a kind of, kind of a balancing app between those two things. Cause of course, you know, automating things is more efficient, less costly, but at the same time, too much of that is going to turn people off because they do, they want that human interaction. Yeah. But I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like you said, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like everybody to know? Um, I think there's, you know, in general, I think there's been an underutilization or maybe even misunderstanding about intellectual property and its importance, you know, even for law firms. So, you know, I, I intentionally didn't want to use my last name as a law firm name. And I know that, you know, some states, you know, have certain regulations that kind of don't allow that sort of thing. But, you know, there's still, you know, things like taglines and, you know, copyrights and things like that, that I think are important, even for attorneys. To, to think about if that's you know clientele it's it's underappreciated undervalued um i think in general intellectual property really all the types of intellectual property um so you have you know patents of course but then trademarks copyrights trade secrets yeah. and, and publicity rights all i think are really important to consider and you know if you're a managing partner managing member of your firm well, you're going to be the face of your firm and whether you realize it or not you're actually going to be utilizing your publicity rights at least a little bit to, to help promote your firm. Um, and that's something I think a lot of attorneys probably don't realize um, or appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Good. A good point. So how can everybody get in, in touch with you? I see you've got schedule a free consult on your website. Is that what you recommend? Yes, that's definitely the easiest way. Um, but then there's also, you can also, you know, call uh our on our number or on our website or, or send an email to uh, hello at purplefoxlegal.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I am pretty responsive as long as it doesn't go to my spam. I am pretty responsive. Um, but the, the, yeah, definitely the website and um, yeah. And then also have, you know, the blog articles and, and eBooks and things like that to check out as well that are really helpful for people. Wonderful. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so purplefoxlegal.com. I just like saying it. I just like saying it. And it's hello at purplefoxlegal.com. And when you go to the website, um, you can get a free consultation. And so, so long, everybody. We'll see you real soon. Lawyers tell all. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Lawyers Tell All where Chris Mullins takes you on a journey with lawyers in the trenches who show you the realities of what it takes to succeed in this chaotic, crowded, ever-changing profession. Remember to visit our website at www.lawyerstellall.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. 
Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on Lawyers Tell All. Thank you.